0: all the important decisions in front of your life. Think about that. Think about, like, in the next 10, in college students that are in the room, I would say most of you in the next five years, you're going to be making the decision of what do you want to do with your life? I mean, what kind of a work do you want to do? Do you want to be married or not? What kind of a person do you want to marry? You're going to be making a decision about where are you going to live? Where are you going to go to college? And more immediately, like, What kind of hobbies are you going to have? You have all these decisions to make, and nobody can make them for you. In our family, our kids were close together. We had four kids, and they were all in junior high at the same time, because we had twins, and then the next year we had a kid, and the next year we had a kid. So we had four kids all in a row, and so they're all in junior high, and each time we had supper, I would like bring a theme to talk about, and you would hate that, I know, but I did it anyway. Anyway. And um, I would bring a theme, and I would say, tell me what you're going to decide about this, because I would like to make the decisions in your life. I'm your dad. I would love to, but I can't. You have to make them. You have to make the decisions about what are you going to do about sex. You have to make the decision about what are you going to do about faith in Jesus. You have to make the decision. So one night I brought the Bible. I threw it on the table. I said, what are you going to decide about the Bible? And the kids knew what answer I wanted, but they wouldn't give it to me. And so they said, one of my sons says, well, I've been in Awana, which is this Bible memorizing program. He said, I've memorized over 100 verses, but Dad, that book is old and I haven't decided what I believe about it yet. I said, okay, you have to decide. One day I brought the word divorce and I put it on this little piece of paper. I threw it on and I said, what are you going to believe about divorce and they knew what I, wanted them, what, what I wanted them to say to me. They knew that I wanted them to say, well, we're going to marry the right person. We're going to work really hard at it. We're not going to get divorced. But my second oldest son said, well, Dad, here's the deal. Half of the, half of the marriages in America end in divorce. We have four kids, 50% of four kids. We'll probably have two divorces in our family. That's what I think. You see, you have a lot of important decisions, and nobody can make those but you. And sometimes you come to chaos, and it's really fun and stuff, and then somebody gets up and teaches, and it's like, well, what are they so serious about? And one of the reasons uh, the talks are serious is because you have some serious business in front of you. And so uh, let me, uh, they've asked me to come and share one of the parables. It's the parable about the narrow door. And I don't know if you know this about Jesus, but when people asked him questions, most times he didn't answer their question. Now, like, think about the questions you get asked by your parents. Like, what are you doing to your brother? Or um, what time are you coming home? Or is your homework done yet? And so here's the question that they asked Jesus. This is in, the, in Luke. Then Jesus went through the towns and the villages teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem, and someone asked him, Lord, which is really mister, hey mister, are only a few people going to be saved? And so the question is, how many people are going to heaven? How many people are going to be saved? Lord, tell us this. And now this is one of most of the questions Jesus was asked that he never answered. And in fact, I think what he did was he looked around for a prop. And I think he did this a lot. And he looked around for a prop, and then he spotted, see that door up there? In one of the buildings... I think he spotted a narrow door. And then here's, here's what he says after he's asked. How many people are going to be saved? Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Because he saw it was the wrong question. And now he's going to talk about the heart of the person who asked the question. Here's what he's going to say. He's going to say, you make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. And then he talks about the owner of the door. Now, he's still talking about the door. He's probably even pointing at a door. And he says this. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, and you'll be saying, Hey, sir, open the door, open the door, open the door. But behind the door, the owner of the house will answer. I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, you're out in the street, hey, we ate together, we drank with you, and you taught in our streets. And what he's really saying is, you don't have a relationship with me, but you're saying, hey, I did know who you were. But he will reply, I don't know you, where you come from, away from me, all you evildoers. And out in the street, this is what Jesus says, out in the street there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and you will have seen Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets inside in the party, the kingdom of God, and people inside the house, through the door, they'll be from the east and the west and the north and the south, and in that party, the ones who you think are most important will be least important, and the ones you think are least important will be most important. That's what the kingdom of God party is going to be like. Okay, now I want to talk about the door. You come to chaos, and many of you are in confirmation and, uh, or catechism or different kinds of programs. And like a lot of what the programs are built to do is tell you about the door. And the door, the Bible says, um, Jesus, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord, leader, friend, You'll be saved. You'll get through that narrow door. And so there's a door. And I think maybe Jesus looked down the street and there were a whole bunch of other doors and some of them were double doors. And some of you, this is the key decision, the most impacting decision you'll make in your life. Are you going to believe what the Bible says about the narrow door and there's one way to the kingdom of God, there's one way to God, and that way is Jesus? Or when you look down the street, there's a double door over there and it says, uh, I'll be good enough. I'll be good enough. I'll just be the best I can be. That's my door to God. Bonk. Thanks for playing. Wrong door. Um, Another door to God would be like, well, I was baptized and my parents are faithful followers of Christ. It's not the door. The door is Jesus is the way and the only one who makes that decision is you. You. It's so amazing that God in heaven looks down and sees you and says, you have a whole bunch of decisions to make. You have to decide what you're going to do about sex and what you're going to do about drugs. you got to decide what you're going to do about a husband or a wife. You've got to decide if you're going to have some kids, go to college, go to the military. But the key decision of all decisions, the one that will impact your life the most, is are you going to go through the door that God describes and the door's name is Jesus? Will you give all that you know of yourself to all that you know of Christ because he died on a cross for you? Now, there's a lot of stories about young people who have done this. Uh, Susie was in my high school youth group, and she grew up in the Catholic church, uh, you know, going on Easter and Christmas. And she'd never really even heard about Jesus, and she came to the youth group, and she uh, gave her heart to Jesus as a senior in high school. She was all-state music. And the next week, she came back, she brought her guitar in my front door, and she said, Dave, I really want to sing a song tonight. And I said, well, I mean, I knew that kids respected her and really uh, loved her. And so we got a stool up front, she got her guitar out. I had no idea what song she was going to sing. And I stood in the back, like 70 kids in my living room, and uh, she started strumming, and she sang this song. Jesus loves me, this I know For the Bible tells me so Little ones to him belong They are weak, but he is strong Senior in high school had never heard this song before And when she got done singing, she smiled like a huge smile And she said, isn't that an awesome song? I mean, all the kids in the room were going Man, we've heard that since we were like three years old But here she was, inside the kingdom of God, having given her heart to Jesus, and uh, it was cool. And for many of you, you've already done this, you've already given your heart to Jesus, you know, at a camp, in confirmation, at chaos, on a trip, on a work trip, but there comes times where we need to do it again and again and again to re-give ourselves to Christ. the first time I ever heard this message about giving your heart to Christ, I was at a camp, and they had this huge bonfire, it was late at night, and I was a junior high kid, and like, I, was not your, I was not the kid who would be up front here, I was the kid who'd be back in the dark, uh, trying to like, kind of listen. And they had this thing where they gave every kid a stick, and they said, hey, if you wanna be a follower of Jesus, you know, take your stick, throw it in the fire, we'll have a huge bonfire, we'll dance and sing and all that, and it was cool, but I like wasn't gonna do it, so I took my stick, and I like threw it out in a cornfield. I said, I'm not doing it. And then like a couple weeks later, in the top bunk of my bed, late at night, my brothers asleep underneath. I'm like in middle school, junior high. All of a sudden, I had this urge to pray to God. And here's was my prayer, truth. God, if you're really real, help me know you're there. Just so simple, so simple. And God started making himself known to me. And I can probably point to 10 different times in my life where I've stopped and said, God, I want to give you all that I know of who I am to all that I know of you because this is a huge decision and nobody can twist your arm and nobody can make you do it. It's just something you have to choose. And it will make a bigger difference in your life than any other decision you'll ever make it's so huge and so in just a minute I'm gonna pray my wife and I got married and we were uh, trying to make our marriage work and one night we heard a speaker and then together we held hands went up on a hill held hands and said God we want to give you ourselves together and God has been real in our lives ever since and it's been powerful and I have like all these grandkids and now my grandkids the oldest one's 11 I'm saying Charlie, you have a decision to make. Are you going to be a follower of Jesus or not? I'm going to pray, and then I think there's small groups. Man, thank you guys so much for listening so deeply and uh, so well. Let's pray. Dear God, I love the fact that you give us the chance to choose to be a follower of yours. Just like Peter, the Apostle Peter could choose. Just like uh, the Apostle Paul could choose. Father, each of us can choose to give you our heart. And uh, I just pray, I just pray that uh, you would uh, help each of us know and experience your love. Help us know there is a narrow door. The words of Jesus, there's a narrow door that we need to go through. And that door is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for us. Thank you so much, Father, for every uh, young man and young woman in this room. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.